your Chargers linebacker, Darren Henley, and you're tuning in with Chargers Unleashed. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Hefner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by Bet Online, Aura, Athletic Greens, and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning into the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein, it has been a minute since we have done one of these. Thank goodness for Sundays and for live shows. Honestly, I love Love live shows. Welcome to everybody who is in already live early with their cup of Joe cigars. Apparently, we're gonna try to get to some of these comments right off the bat. My people, cigars. show some love. Uh, before we get to that, folks in the chat, give me an over under, and I'll pick one of them to use as our over under today. So, crowdsourcing this one on a Sunday morning. <laughs> oh man, this that's is risky. gonna be good. That's risky, Dan. <laughs> this is gonna be good, but a uh, super fun episode today. Obviously, we're going to talk about live Q&A. We're going to go into all the topics and questions that you folks have live in the chat. Also going to talk about some things related to uh, one Kellen Moore and his effect. We'll talk about some outstanding possible free agents and salary cap stuff and what this offense could possibly look like this year. Uh, Jake, what is your drink of choice on a Sunday morning? I think the bourbon that i had last night is still in here so i guess that would be the drink of choice on this fine sunday morning <laughs> it's still there it's, it's still, still there, there. joseph still there. domingo says bolt up a fear friend of the show my coffee and cigars are ready let's go bolt fam josh says good morning fellas and ladies if there are any here uh, a bunch of let's goes obviously we even got as much as where people are saying jinx because so many people are saying let's go Another one, Laos de Bruin. Let's go. Excited for a live show. Um, lots of energy for Sunday morning. Shout out to Jason. Yes, we're all bringing the energy because, look, we're on the dog days. We're not even a week. What, a week and a half? Ten, ten days from Chargers training camp officially opening. Ten. We're almost to single digits. We've made it so far. We've made it so far. Um, over under Joseph. Gives us one. Joseph Demartini. Touched over him. under 40 and a half touchdowns by a one Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert had 25 last year, I if memory serves. <sighs> he had mid 30s the year prior. So this is a good one. Looking to add 15 with Kellen Moore as your offensive coordinator, some reinforced weapons. Yeah, what the hell, Dan? Let's, let's let's go over. I would assume that in moments like this, if if Justin Herbert is going to get forty uh, over forty touchdowns, he's going to have to be playing Superman at certain points of the time, which isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world, but also isn't necessarily the best thing in the world as far as things that you know, team and balance and all that type of stuff. But screw it. I'm optimistic. Bourbon's still in here. Let's go over. <laughs> Jake's going super Saiyan, going Superman for Justin Herbert. 40 and a half. He's pounding the over. Jake, real quick. Friends and family, let's talk about our friends over at Bet Online. Wanna just wanna just remind everybody that Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season. Always the fastest and easiest way to get all of your sports betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your very own home. All you got to do to get into the action is head on over to the website, betonline.ag, and use your mobile device to join. And be sure to use that promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet Online, where the game starts. So for folks who are new to the live show atmosphere, this is on you. You are just as much a host as we are, so we rely on you for the topics. If you have no topics, then we are going to roll through ours. If there are still no topics submitted through you, we're done, and we'll have the rest of our Sunday. Uh, so in the comments... Leave us your topics, questions you'd like us to discuss. Fire them in, and we'll go ahead and try to get to those as quickly as we can. Infuse that into the topics we already have in store for you. So, Jake, let's kind of start off this one as a level set. Ten days left of nothingness until we get to training camp. Pretty much. And then we've got some outstanding possibilities at maybe running back, maybe safety, maybe corner. Edge, I think, is something a lot of people are looking at as possible free agents to bring in. 
Chargers have about 12 million in cap space. Do you see that being used on another free agent or more than one? And if so, which position group do you see that going in important or stack rank, if you will? It's it's interesting. We've talked about this a few times on the show, Dan. You know, you look at just the overall roster the way it is right now, and I, I would say two positions jumped out to me to where that the Chargers could very much add some much-needed depth in terms of the talent that they're looking for, one being tight end. I would specifically say from a blocking scheme, I think you need more help in that regard, so you may go out and add a uh, blocking tight end. You are pounding the table on a free agent tight end. I, I'm just... Look, the, the Chargers... It felt like the wide receiver conversation last year when everybody expected the Chargers to take a wide receiver and then they didn't. And this year, if you remember Brandon Staley's words, he said that they were trying to get a tight end. The board just didn't fall their way. So to me, that tells me that they were targeting that. And who knows between now and week one, what free agents going to become available after training camp, you know, down to 53 man cuts. Who knows? I just feel like you could use a little bit more in that circumstance. And then obviously the safety position. Defensive coordinator Derek Ansley has really praised the current layout of this team with Aloe Gilman, um, you know, talking about the expectations for JT Woods and what they're planning on doing. I still think it just may just require just a little bit more juice behind that. So safety is another one. And obviously everybody's kind of gone rampant with the John Johnson possibilities. Why hasn't he been signed yet? You saw a little bit of the teases a couple of weeks ago with him working out with some chargers. Um, but Dan, this kind of all, I think, still maybe rely on Justin Herbert's contract situation and how much of that remaining $12 million may be possibly allocated to that and how the Chargers may structure the deal to work in their favor. Remember, Tom Telesco just does everything very much under the radar, does not want anybody to know exactly when these deals are coming. He did the same thing with Keenan Allen. He did the same thing with Joey Bosa. They kind of just came right out of nowhere and they were right around training camp time. So who knows what's in the works? We would all hope that that deal is going to be finalized before the beginning of the season, just so you can get it done. And obviously before Joe Burrow gets his eventual extension, but it'll be interesting. Um, As far as free agents goes, those are the two positions that I could see the Chargers uh, targeting. Jason has a question here for you, Jake, with what good tight ends are available. Before we get to that question, um, I think edge is something that I'm hoping the Chargers get to. I'm going to add that position to this. You got guys like Justin Houston, Yannick Ngakwe is still there, Kyle Van Noy, kind of a tweener, hybrid, if you will. I think the Chargers, while they have three solid ones, if you think that Thule is going to be that third infuse of talent, behind Mac and Bosa, I think they could use another one. And at this point, you're going to get guys on the cheap relative to what they thought they were going to get. Like Yannick Ngakwe is not going to get the money that folks probably thought he was going to get early on. So could they get him on like a one-year deal with incentives or Justin Houston, who I love? I know some of these guys are older. You're looking for a rental. You're not looking for someone you're going to sign to a multi-year. I think Edge could be one that we can add to that position group. Obviously, you got guys like Bryce Callahan still there, still available. We talked about corner safety. Um, I think with what Brandon Staley is looking to do, it seems like they feel confident about the secondary. I don't hear that same confidence come from them around the entirety of the defensive line, specifically edge. So reading between the lines here, I'm adding edge. Jake, what tight ends are available? (laughs) <laughs> that that is kind of the the crux of this whole thing is that you're really at a point where you're scraping the bottom of the barrel and this is why I think that if the Chargers were to do this move that it will most likely come as we get to say right after week 3 of the preseason and it's literally we're talking you know days before the Chargers first week 1 appearance because who knows who's going to re- be released by then but when you look at some of the free agent tight ends that are available Right now, Dan, we're talking Cameron Brait, Geoff Swain, Mercedes Lewis, Adam Shaheen, Ryan Griffin, Kyle Rudolph. I personally wouldn't mind bringing Steven Anderson back because Hold I... Hold on, real quick. Did you, did you say Geoff Swain? <laughs> I did say Geoff Swain. I did say Geoff Swain. That's what bourbon does to you on a Sunday morning. Geoff Swain. Yes. Geoff Swain. That's, that's, how this, that's how Jake Hefner operates on a Sunday morning. I love it. 
So, I mean, none of these guys are like top of the line tight ends, and obviously for good reason. And if you look at the Chargers' offense, they're not needing a tight end one right now. I think they're needing that like underbelly, like a tight end 2.5, in my opinion, is kind Mm -hmm. of what they're looking for. And a lot of those guys could fit that bill. And like I said, Steven Anderson is still available, which I was a huge Steven Anderson fan when he was on this team. Um, And I think he could still bring a lot to this unit as far as where you could place him. He was basically just, he was a little bit of a, an HB because he could play tight end. And when the chargers had him in at, at halfback and some of the ways that they were utilizing him in the past game, that is a guy who I feel like in terms of a blocking tight end to get a little bit more juice out of him. um, As far as creativity in the passing game goes, I wouldn't mind seeing that reunion at all. Jake, we got a really big uh, breaking news out of chargers or pre chargers land. Uh, fitness brings us up. Philip Rivers, shout out, had his 10th kid. Will we see Rivers versus Manning versus Breeze versus Brady competition in the future? I mean, my odds are pointing yes. I just, I mean, just the DNA in those like, guys. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to think, though, it's, it's funny because if you start like arranging this as far as, okay, so like when, when Rivers and Manning, all those guys, like it was still, if we're talking Eli Manning, you know, Rivers and Eli Manning came in the league at the same time. Brady was already somewhat established. So in this particular circumstance, Rivers kid's probably going to be the first one that goes to the NFL. <laughs> and then you kind of have to figure out, okay, based on age, who's going to be and at what point the success. But then Rivers, the rest but then the Rivers will have like a 15-year window of just kids can keep coming into right. the league. <laughs> right. I saw a tweet the other day that was that definitely made me giggle to say that Philip Rivers and Antonio Cromartie can now have an offense and defensive scrimmage <laughs> between their kids. Yes. That, that one got me. Yes. And hey, if they have their father's DNA, then they're both going to be pretty good on both sides of the ball. Uh, Joseph Martini, We got to talk about our friends over at Ori here in a second, but to kind of be- before that, Joseph Martini asked a question. How comfortable do you think the Chargers feel with Alohi Gilman or JT Wood starting? Now, again, comfortable. How comfortable do you think the Chargers feel? That's a relative word. With Alohi Gilman or JT Woods starting <clears throat> at free safety. And I think that's two separate conversations. And that's, yes. in, that's internal versus external projections yes. here. Floor is yours. If you go back and you listen to Derek Ansley's press conference during OTAs and minicamp, he was definitely heaping a lot of praise on Alohi Gilman. Derwin James did this as well, as far as the time that he has put in, obviously the familiarity that he had with this team for as long as he has been here. I think the Chargers are, I don't think that they're mincing words. I think that they're actually very confident in the possibilities of Alohi Gilman starting next to Derwin James. And you saw how he stepped up when the Chargers needed him to at certain points of the year last year, obviously could have, could have picked up that damn ball that would have negated Tyree kill from running that end around all the way <laughs> to get a touchdown in the Miami game last year, but that's another story. As far as JT Woods goes, I don't, I don't, I don't see barring injury. I don't foresee any possibility of JT Woods starting at safety this season. There is still a lot of expectations that are needed from JT Woods. I think he's firmly slotted in as your, you know, safety three at this point for however the chargers are going to use him. Um, They got to get more out of him. Their expectations are high. Didn't get what didn't see enough of him last year in order to, to get a good measurement of what he's capable of out there in the field. So I think the training camp is going to be a good indicator of that. I still say that if we're talking today, that Alohi Gilman is going to get the starting nod over him. Um, and we'll see what JT Woods brings to this team this year. Uh, to put it bluntly, I think the team, I think the team is relatively comfortable with Alohi Gilman starting at safety. I think they've seen enough from him last year. You've heard Derwin James talk about, his comfortability and him kind of being that presence and stable um, guy for this defense on the back end. No way in hell is this team comfortable with JT Wood starting. I wouldn't even know if they're comfortable with him playing, let alone starting. So two different conversations there, two different answers. Uh, Jake, real quick, got to pay the bills a little bit more. Uh, Let's talk about our friends over at Aura. Uh, For folks who did not see this, this is kind of wild. Uh, we had just announced our partnership with Aura, uh, which kind of helps with identity theft, which we'll talk Hilarious. about in a second. And 
not even an hour into our announcement, folks that are following Chargers Unleashed on Twitter start getting all kinds of DMs from folks who are impersonating Chargers Unleashed at the time we were doing a giveaway and was basically saying, hey, you won the giveaway. Send us all your credit card information and we'll send it to you along with your shipping address. And everyone reaches out to Jake and I like, hey, uh, there's another person in impersonating you. And they were like, multiple. And so you got to be careful <laughs> with all of your personal information, social address, credit card info. Uh, Aura is the perfect company for you. And we actually have a 14-day free trial to give to everyone to kind of help keep their identity safe. We'll be right back in 53 seconds as we hear from our friends over at Aura. Have you ever Googled yourself and were shocked to see your personal information exposed on one of those public listing sites? <gasps> Data brokers are making a fortune selling your information to robocallers, spammers, and others who want to learn more about you, like where you live. We've been trying to reach you concerning your car's extended warranty. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, Aura. Aura can identify data brokers exposing your info and submit opt-out requests on your behalf, and brokers everywhere are legally required to remove your info if you ask them to, but they make it super hard to do. So let Aura handle that for you. You can try Aura for up to two weeks using this link that we're going to put up here on the screen. Aura also does so much more to protect you and your family from online threats that you cannot see. So make sure to check out Aura.com backslash Charters Unleashed to get a 14-day free trial and see if your personal information has been leaked online. All right, so Aura backslash Charters Unleashed. Go ahead, check out your two-week free trial. Helps us out a ton as well. Uh, shout out to Charters Unleashed folks who have already done so. Uh, go make sure your identity is safe. Jake, I got a throwback here. Throwback question here from Athir, friend of the show, always giving us some fun questions here. Uh, throwback, 2006 LT MVP season. I still remember that season. Uh, can you convince me the Chargers would not have won the Super Bowl if Justin Herbert was the quarterback that season? Oh. Number 17 was the reason we lost to the evil Patriots. Rivers played terrible. Jake, am I wrong? First of all, if we're just talking about Justin Herbert's the only change that you're making at quarterback, and you're telling me that Marty Schottenheimer is still the coach of this team at this period of time, Justin Herbert probably wouldn't be Justin Herbert because this was in the heydays of Marty Ball. I, I, I don't know if we would have seen the same Justin Herbert in that still running it 40 times. Right. So, you know, I, and, and we're talking about this is back when like Philip Rivers was just getting his, his start. So the passing game in general, even at that point in time, wasn't even something that was a big part of the Chargers offense. It was all LT. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if we would have seen the same Justin Herbert with Marty Schottenheimer as the head coach. I think the game would have been a little bit more interesting. I'll tell you that much. God. <laughs> <For> sure. <laughs> I mean, let's, let, I would just say this. Even if Justin Herbert is the quarterback, I don't think that that stops Marlon McCree's situation in that game i agree yeah philip rivers isn't playing defense <sighs> okay uh so you messed I, I don't remember where it is here but you messed up geoff swain yes i did thank you for bringing that up again Appreciate uh, that. i'm gonna mess this up again i know he put it in the comments oh okay so question here came up i messed up butchered this guy's name good try with the pronunciation but okay See, just, this is going to be hilarious because now you're going to try to do this again. Let's yeah, try but it. okay, it says but Laozi equals Leisha, which how Lisha. the hell does L A O I S E pronounce Leisha? Shout out to the Irish folks. I know Irish words and names are hard, but he has a question. Leisha has a question. <laughs> do you think just hiring Kellen Moore alone is enough to fix the run game? They haven't had a run game coordinator since Frank Smith in 2021. I say yes. And I said yes I immediately agree. when he was hired. You look at what Kellen Moore did in Dallas, and you look at who Tony Pollard was when he was drafted. And I think he was within like three or four selections of when, uh, when Isaiah Spiller was drafted. Tony Pollard was not the Tony Pollard we know today when he came into the NFL. Zeke Elliott, Tony Pollard were feasting behind that offensive line. Now, who can be that second running back? I think is the question. Could it be Isaiah Spiller? Could it be someone else? 
hell, Ezekiel Elliott's still out there. But scheme-wise, schematic-wise, strategy-wise, Kellen Moore's run game is very different and a way more simplified and efficient run game style than what the Chargers have had here in the past. And not to get too specific, but they kind of have these gap schemes. They have these option schemes where they set up lanes for running backs. And all the running back has to do is go in direction left to right, right to left. Okay, is this lane open? No. Okay, on to the next one. Is this lane open? No, on to the next one. Is this lane open? Yes, go. Versus before, running backs kind of had to figure it out on the fly. They simp- this, this offense is going to be simplified running game. And that, that advantage goes to not only the running backs, but also the offensive linemen, because they know what they have to do, and the running backs just get to choose. You saw that play out last year, both positive and negatively for the Chargers and Cowboys. And how many times you saw this offense in the offensive line, while good, the running game was atrocious. And you can blame Austin Eckler for not being a quote-unquote running, running back, which I disagree with. Isaiah Spiller never even saw him. Sonny Michelle, there's you know there's some things there. Joshua Kelly could have been better. I do think this running game is going to look much better than it did a year ago or didn't the years prior. Yeah, I think it's a little bit more than pun intended. Kellen Moore in this circumstance, Ooh. but um, Kellen Moore helped the run game absolutely, but. Getting Rashawn Slater back, let's not forget that he was gone last year. Bringing Zion Johnson to the left side, inserting Jamari Sawyer to the right next to Trey Pipkins. You're not having a revolving door, obviously, of injuries with Trey Pipkins and Foster Sorrell switching sides at the right tackle position. I think in general, the offensive line, as far as a personnel standpoint goes, is going to be better to pair that with Kellen Moore. And Dan, like you mentioned, we didn't see Isaiah Spiller last year. For some reason, Sony Michelle was winning reps during practice and for, for, for games last year over Isaiah Spiller, which I still, to this day, baffles me. And the Chargers' run game could have been definitely more efficient. Got to get more out of your RB2 and your RB3 at some point. It's going to be an interesting competition as we head into camp. I still say that Isaiah Spiller, and as it stands probably today, Joshua Kelly is in the RB2 spot. But I would expect Isaiah Spiller to unseat him for that for that position and you got to get more out of him and that run game dallas last year 4.3 yards per carry the Chargers were 3.7 which mart is pretty big difference that's almost that's more than half a yard per attempt uh look at the total rushing yards per game dallas was ninth last year with 131.7 the chargers you got to scroll down for miles 88.4 88.4 Versus 131. That's like 45 yards difference per game. GS has a question. Over under, Eckler scores three game-winning touchdowns this season. Doesn't specify through the air or on the ground, but three game-winning touchdowns this season by Austin Eckler. I don't say it's out of the realm of possibility. How I would like to answer this question is that Hopefully the Chargers aren't in a situation to where they're having to come behind, come come, come from behind and score a last minute touchdown. <laughs> We've seen way too many of those type of games. I don't care who the ball is getting thrown to. I'd like to not be fully stressed out with 15 seconds to go in the fifth in the fourth quarter of the game. I would like the Chargers to just handle their business. But to answer this question, uh, yeah, whether it's on the ground through the air, I think that's definitely a possibility for him. Real, I love all of the questions and comments coming in here. This is great. Uh, topics galore. Uh, Real UFOs by Keith Chapman says, I predict that the defense for the Chargers are going to be outstanding this season. Outstanding. Now, Jake, last year, I know it looked very different first half versus second half, but I think the first half and that Jacksonville loss just gave everybody – it like kind of clouded everybody's vision. And the, everyone, if you were to ask everyone, I feel like the majority of people would say the defense sucked. On a 1 to 10 scale, 10 being like tremendous, the Niners, Eagles defense, 1 being like the worst defense you've ever seen. On the whole, where would you put the Chargers defense last year? Last year? Including the great end, horrible beginning, Probably put him. I'll probably put him at mid, Dan. As far yeah, as five ish, 
Yeah, per, yeah, put him at a five because when you start going through the stats for the Chargers, as far as like even outside of what we saw in the run game and the number of 40-yard rips that opposing offense were getting against this team on a weekly basis, the run defense has been talked about enough as far as how porous it goes. But Dan, I think you brought the stat up a couple of weeks ago. As far as like the pass defense goes and the amount of yards that the Chargers were giving up, but then you see the point differential that they're also giving up, that doesn't make any damn sense at all. They have to get better when it comes to defending the end zone. They have to. And obviously, the run game should help in that. Getting J.C. Jackson back, I think, is going to be a huge boost to this secondary. I think, in general, the Chargers are deeper up front with a, with a little bit more of even talent that we're talking about in terms of building out an interior defensive line. I think Tuli Tulipolotu is going to add a lot to this edge group and your pass rushing is going to be different. Obviously, Joey Bosa being back and virtually seeing him and Khalil Mack for essentially only two weeks last year before Joey Bosa goes down was just a huge rob to this team defensively. They just could not generate any type of pass rush. So, uh, and let's not forget Eric Kendricks, what he's going to bring to this team in terms of the run game. I think he's going to pick up the rest of this linebacking group and make them better. So, I, the expectation for this team, I don't. I want to still pump the brakes. I'm not. A, I'm not ready to say outstanding. I will just simply say improved. If you can get your running game from what was it, 28th overall in the league last year, 28th, 29th. If you can bring that to the the mid teens, to me that's improvement. To me that's serviceable for a playoff run. You can do and that, I, and, I, and I think they'll do that number with the yards per attempt. Because they were atrocious. They were dead last at 5.4 yards per attempt given up last year on the, on the ground. If they can get that number down half a yard, if you will, like they were number, they were last by a bit. I think that's going to show like how many of those big chunk plays are they given up? Because that's where that 5.4 gets ballooned is because of that. Um, real UFOs, this kind of merges into the, the defensive discussion. I would say like outstanding probably would be like what, like eight, nine or higher. Like, I think, hell, the ceiling is certainly up there. We saw what the Rams defense looked like years past. And I think one of the reasons for this kind of below average play a lot of times, especially the first half of the year, was the missed tackles, specifically in the inside of the the defense. And I highlighted this last week, I think it was, but the Chargers gave up almost a touchdown more per game in the first half of the season than they did the second half. The first eight games, excuse me, first nine games, they gave up 25.3 points per game. In the last eight, they gave up just 19.5. Again, that's roughly six points less per game the defense gave up. Missed tackles, Jake. For, through the first nine games, the team had 89 missed tackles. 59 in the last eight. Thir- they improved 30 missed tackles fewer in the second half of the season. Do you know who was the biggest missed tackler in the entire NFL at linebacker? And who's I know no it. longer on this team. I know it, but I'll just let you say it. Drew Tranquil. And he was by far the largest missed tackler on this team. And if you extrapolate that out, AFC West, I think he had like 10 more than the next closest linebacker in the AFC West in terms of missed tackles. Extrapolate that a little bit because Drew Tranquil technically had a lot of possibilities or opportunities to make tackles because the running game was coming right at him because nobody yes. could stop the run on this yes. team. So. Inflection point, if yes. you will. Uh, and so it's your linebacker cannot be missing tackles like that. Like, and, and Look, this is not slamming Drew Tranquil. Like, I think he has a ton of positivity that he brings to this team. We brought to this team, the linebacker leadership group in general needed a lot of work. Yes. He was a good pass rusher Had five sacks last year, but I don't think that's what the team needed out of that linebacker position. And Kenneth Murray was much better. So Eric Hendricks is a much more sure tackler. And I think that's what they brought him in for both in the run and in the pass. And if they can sustain that second half defense, removing the missed tackles, decreasing the points per game allowed. I think they're going to be honest something. Matthew Dahl. I say if we don't go to the AC Championship this year, Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco should be let go next year. So two-part question, Jake. 
what is your line for success? At, for success? And if that line is not met, do you see those two being gone? Here's here's where I come to a quandary with this because you get to the AFC Championship game. Let's not forget. There are not many coaches in this league that would still have a job after blowing a 27-point lead to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So to me right there, that is a little bit of an indicator that if this scenario happens, and we're talking playoff scenarios here, not missing the playoffs, anything like that, getting to the AFC Championship game, I don't believe that Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco would be gone if they reached the AFC Championship game and, and if they lost. Now, it could always be a surprise, but I base that off of the Chargers basically giving him <laughs> a, a pass after blowing a 27-point lead, still keeping Brandon Staley when there was a lot of people that probably would have gotten fired if they were in that position, and he didn't. And now you're going to fire him for getting to the AFC Championship game and losing. I mean, what are we talking about here? A hypothetical where the Chargers just get trounced 40 to nothing in the AFC Championship game? Or are we talking about a very close competitive game, 28 to 27, and the Chargers lose? Who knows? But there's still a couple of possibilities here, Dan. Let's just say, hypothetically, Brandon Staley is gone next year. Does Kellen Moore take over the reins? The Chargers would have a very nice in-house replacement, and Kellen Moore has been looked at for head coaching jobs now for the last couple of years. They have a nice handcuff. Yes, because if the Chargers' offense is doing well, I don't know how long Kellen Moore is going to be on this team as far as the offensive coordinator he's, goes. I, 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 put, I put a six-pack that he's going to be head coach next year somewhere. Somewhere. and It, it could be L.A., it could be somewhere else, but he'd be a head coach somewhere. Yes, so... Let's, let's count our blessings while we may have Kellen Moore and see what he could do with this offense. And if it's doing well, and if it's in the top five, you may want to do whatever you can to hold on to Kellen Moore. So who, who knows what's going to happen in that scenario? Uh, Daniel Bridges, okay, I'm way behind these comments. So let's kind of go rapid fire here for a sec. Uh, is there any scenario in which Brandon Staley doesn't finish the season? I you'd have to, you'd have, no. You, uh, the, the worst scenario would probably be I mean, again, I'm just talking about Kellen Moore. I would think that the Chargers would have to be something like one and eight. And traditionally, this organization does not fire head coaches midseason. Coordinators, yes. Head coaches, no. So you'd have to be telling me the worst case scenario as far as record-wise goes to say, okay, Brandon Staley, we're going to just move on, promote Kellen Moore. That would be a nice little soft beta test, if you will, to then possibly the Chargers hiring Kelly Moore in full time at that point in time. But that is a huge hypothetical, and no, I don't see that happening. Jorge Rodriguez, do not fear. A fear is here. Again, we're doing a live show. If you have questions, comments, put them in the chat. We'll do our best to kind of get to these. Jake, let's go rapid fire here and continue on. Firing Lombardi was enough to fix the run game, says GS. This seems like a lot of people have this addition by subtraction. Anybody but Lombardi, people feel like, is the win for this Chargers offense. Do you agree? <laughs> Jake pleads the fifth. I, you know what the best part about it this is? I'm, I'm still finding my reasons to come around to talk about the subject of one Joe Lombardi. Um, <laughs> I feel like I've talked about this at nauseum. Uh, I felt Joe Lombardi had few moments where I gave him a lot of praise. One being the game plan for the Miami game. Um, but just overall, in terms of game plan scenarios, I get it. Injury aspects, that aside, still as a coordinator and a head coach pairing, you have to game plan properly with what you have. Injuries happen, but the good coaches and the good coordinators are able to overcome that and adapt and mold their game plan to something that is going to work for them. Now, I understand mm -hmm. football is not just an offensive game, so there's a few things that you can place blame on. But as far as what Joe Lombardi did more often than not, I just felt could have been done better. Fair. Uh, Joseph asked, if this is considered an all in season, what's the one move the Chargers need to make to get to the Super Bowl? <sighs> well, I mean, this is, this is weird because we're not talking a free agent acquisition in this scenario. The Chargers no, don't have could, the money. It could be. But, but at $12 million and what they have in their cap right now, and then remember all the restructuring that they had to do last year, mm -hmm. 
And we're still talking about getting Justin Herbert under contract. Let's not forget about that. So I'm not sure because this this isn't going to be, this obviously has not been an offseason the way it was last year when the Chargers just had all the money in the world to spend to go out and get multiple pieces. But the guys guys they have left, which the timeline in which we're at now where we're entering training camp, they have enough dollars in their pocket to where they can go get one of the top guys remaining. Sure. Which position group? <laughs> um, we're already talking about the Chargers going six deep at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure who, who's out there other than DeAndre Hopkins, who's not coming to this team, that you would say would be, oh, that's the all-in move. I don't know as far as the... the <laughs> this is, this, I, I love this when people talk about, oh yeah, go get Zeke. Or in this case, in some of the comments, it's very funny. Go get Josh Jacobs. <laughs> would yeah. you want to? Would you want to piss off Austin Eckler that much more from the standpoint of the scenario that he has already talked about? Which, from his standpoint, if we're talking the league in terms of running back goes, he is one hundred percent correct in terms of how the league values running backs. Mm-hmm. So you mean to tell me that you're going to go out and sign someone to a one year deal that may be more than what? Austin Eckler is making this year to add to it. We said this during free agency. It's like, I, I could not see the Chargers going out and getting a free agent running back just to make Eckler that much more upset, even if he's only playing for this team for one more season. It doesn't matter to me. You know, the John Johnson possibility, that's been teased for months, Dan. Um, I definitely think that that would add a lot of juice to see John Johnson and Derwin James playing side by side. So I think if we're talking about it here, when you start going through the offense, and I specifically re- turn this turn this with Kellen Moore, you have so many possibilities that you could go with this offense in terms of wide receiver, tight end, running back, and you could get some creative juiciness out of your offense. I think it would probably have to be defense, Dan. Whether you go out and you get another edge, as you were talking about, John Johnson possibly being an option at safety, I just don't know who it would possibly be yet. And it may even end up being something that the Chargers, if they're in contention and they want to swing for the fences, that it may end up being something at the trade deadline. Who knows? I think it's edge. I just look I just look at kind of the impact positions. And I if they can again, like I think they're an advantage where they can go get like a Jadavian Cloudy. They can get again, he's great against the run. And that's I think what this team needs. Justin Houston is still productive. You can still get Yannick Ngakwe. And these are on premium positions that impact the game. Like, how often does a safety impact the game versus how often a defensive lineman can impact the game? Because, like, realistically, the quarterback has to throw it near the safety for him to impact the game. The defensive line is there every play. And when you have defensive linemen like Khalil Mack, Sebastian Joseph Day, Joey Bosa, like... I would love to see them have a full rotation where they don't have to play those guys 85% of the time. Now, could they? You saw what happens, and he wouldn't easily get hurt. Now, I'm not blaming Joey Bosa's injury on him playing a lot last year, but if you can have a rotation where all those guys can stay more fresh, can rotate in, be more effective, that's where I'm going. So if it's me answering this question, I'd say defensive end, edge player specifically. Um, let's get into these. Should we keep seven wide receivers asked Pacific Beats for injury insurance, especially to have Pokey and Guyton on the active roster? Hell no. In practice squad, sure. Yes. Easy. J- Jason asks, is there a realistic chance we pick up Zeke? I don't I don't see that happening. I I I, I Unless just it's for see that Yeah. Yeah. It would and and do you see Zeke Elliott? taking that kind of a pay cut. I don't. Um, and no, I, I, and personally, I think that if you would have told me that the chargers were running Isaiah Spiller last year, a lot and not seeing what they would have hoped to have seen out of him, then I could see that as a possibility. I think for the fact that you, you don't know what he's about, but there's so much potential there and untapped potential because you didn't utilize him last year. I think that the chargers are banking on him to come in and be an added addition to this running back unit. So I think there's a lot of justified hype for Isaiah Spiller adding um, 
you know, contributing to this run game season. I think there is a good dynamic between him, Eckler, and Kelly as mm-hmm. far as what you can do, possibly going three running backs deep for this unit. So you just give him the reps, and if your offensive line is opening up those holes, I think he's going to be a, a really valuable piece for this. For this Interesting year. question in the chat going on right now. Uh, do you believe in Jason? In Jason do you, Jorge Rodriguez asks, Jorge Rodriguez asks, do you guys believe in Staley? Personally, I believe in both Staley and Telesco, he says. Dan Daniel Bridges immediately responds, I don't believe Brand Staley. He has to show me it's year three. Jake, all in. Again, this is rapid fire. It's not getting too crazy. Do you believe that Brandon Staley can get the job done? Yes or no? Both answers are right here, in, in my opinion, how I perceive it. Do I believe in Brandon Staley? Yes. Do I believe in the way that he connects with his teammates? Yes. Do I believe he has what it takes to be a head coach in this team? Yes. Has he made mistakes? 100% he has made mistakes. So yes, this being year three with Justin Herbert at the helm with this type of, of an offense. Yes. Where is the defense that we were all expected to see when he came over? to this team. We need to see that. I think the pairing between him and Derek Ansley is going to improve this defensive unit. So I think that good name to bring up. I think that, you know, we went through the first year with Brandon Staley and it was all fourth and Staley riding by the seat of our pants, you know, just trusting the analytics at that point in time. And then last year he kind of pulled it back a little bit. I still think that last year was a little bit of him finding his, his footing in certain scenarios. And he has definitely, taken accountability for any mistakes that he has made. I think year three, you're going to see that come together. But he needs to put it together. There's no doubt about that. As much confidence as I have in him to do it, he needs to do it because I get it. It's year three. You have to you have to improve in a lot of different aspects and you have to deliver. Look, at, at, the, end of the, se- at the end of the day, um, this is a prove-it year for most of the coaching staff in front office. Like, let's just call a spade a spade. Brandon Staley has to succeed this year. Tom Telesco and his team has to succeed this year. Derek Ansley has to succeed this year. Or else big changes are going to happen. And that isn't a hyperbole. Like, this is a hot seat for a lot of folks. And it should be when you have a roster like this. Like, it's a top 10 roster easily. And people point at holes and there are there are holes yes and there are honestly there are holes in almost every roster in the NFL but it's a top 10 roster and you should play like a top 10 team period um questions let's go in dart darian says jj3 please i plead <laughs> uh fitness says i can see it's getting a linebacker or defensive tackle uh jorge says he doesn't see Bosa playing a full season and hopes that he plays just 12 games and is available for the postseason. Again, this is why having a rotation at edge is so important because like you said, Jake, injuries do happen. Um, Let's see. What else we got here? Uh, Daniel Bridges says, we do need a safety because the scheme of Brandon Staley is a safety and slot needs a tackle or we are going to be in trouble again. Agreed. I think there's a big bump. Jake, we talked about earlier of the possible topics for us to go over. Jazeer Taylor, there's a lot of faith in him, and you're hearing a lot of praise coming his way. And is some of that manufactured? We don't know. But we saw it in glimpses last year. Jazeer Taylor looks the part. He's got the size. And could he be the replacement for a Bryce Callahan? I think long-term, I think he has to be. But the slot nickel safety position does need a tackle. I agree. And that's why JT Woods has not been on the field much is because his met, his missed tackle was not good. Um, I would, Jake and I both have said like, we've wanted John Johnson from jump. Like that would be excellent. It just makes too much sense. It really yes. does. And right now it just seems like it's an unnecessary risk to not bring him in when there's been no talk of him talking with any other team. Other than the Chargers. I think the only other team that I heard rumblings around was Cleveland was still looking at possibly bringing, bringing him even back. After, even after cutting him? Yes. Possibly huh. just bringing him back on a reduced salary. There was still a possibility there. 
But th- those are the only two. T- I mean, again, I, I see that as the, the less likely, obviously. Mm-hmm. And you said the only team really in reality that looked serious was the Chargers. Um, but I don't know what's going to happen. This is this is kind of like, and again, this is why we're in the, the drolls of the NFL offseason, that I think that you get to, after the first week of training camp, maybe week two, you give your teams an, an opportunity to evaluate, okay, what do you got? Let's see if anything has improved. Where is this team at from where we were at in OTAs and minicamp to where we're at right now? What do we possibly need to improve this team? And then you go out and you can sign a free agent at that point. So who knows if that's what the Chargers plan was all along. Um, if they're making their evaluations between where they were at in OTAs and minicamp and we're 10 days away from training camp as it stands right now. So who knows? But I, I, John Johnson's going to be playing for somebody for this team. I just can't see him not agreed going into I, the season and week one and not being on a team. I agree. We're, we got about 15 minutes left on the live show today. Uh, at the jump, Jake, we talked about possibly talking about Kellen Moore, talk about Quentin Johnson impact. I think this is a good time to kind of just bring up uh, kind of both at the same time uh, and what the Chargers kind of, how it started, how it's going. Uh, for folks who did not see this, uh, just digging on the screen here, uh, offensive points per game. And I think this was probably the nail in the coffin for Joe Lombardi, at least for me. If it was me being Tom Slesko or Brandon Staley, and there's, I was looking at one metric, that was like, no, we can't have this. And this is why we're making a different move. And this is both different move away from Lombardi and to Kellen Moore is looking at the offensive production per game with the stat that matters most. And that's points per game. If you split it, first half, second half, Chargers offense ranked fourth last year, 15.2, juggernaut. They were up there with the best in the NFL. Dallas, top 10, 13.1. And then you get to the second half. And this goes both directions and points to exactly why I would have made the move that they did. They went from fourth best in the NFL in the first half at scoring to 28th in the second half. When you have a quarterback like Justin Herbert and you have weapons like Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Gerald Everett, Austin Eckler, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, the Cowboys went from 13.1, ninth in the NFL in the first half, to 13.8, number one in the NFL in the second half in scoring points. Can you imagine if you took that 13.8 and swapped out the 8.0, what that season would have looked like last year? Like Chargers definitely would have beaten the Jaguars. That's for damn sure. They would be the Jaguars. That was the, the Chiefs. It would have beat Bronco. Like they would be the Niners. Like there's a lot of things that would have happened. Now, and I mean, we're, a, we're, not, we're not talking about obviously defensive stats, but offensively, you definitely would have been more efficient. You would yes. score more points. That's kind of the <laughs> point. Uh, but people say, oh, you know, Justin Herbert was unhealthy and there were injuries. She was, but he was still. injured in the first half. Yes. <laughs> He doesn't just play in the second half. (laughs) So this is why I think you're going to see, this is why there's so much excitement for Kellen Moore is because you heard rumblings that uh, McCarthy didn't like, which boggles my mind. Didn't like how Kellen Moore would continuously go for points and would try to put his foot on the throat, if you will, of opposing teams and wouldn't let up. I'm paraphrasing here. But basically, he didn't like to run up the score. As a Chargers fan, there is nothing I want more exactly. than to be able to sit back at the end of the third quarter, 31 to 10, and just watch the team 38 to 10, 41 to 10, 44 to 10. That sounds fantastic. When's the last time we saw that? I don't remember the last time. The last time I remember it somewhat was that Giants game where he threw that bomb to, I think it was Jalen Guyton, that ridiculous throw. The Chargers and Chargers fans just don't get that opportunity to like watch a team run it up. You had the Giants game, and then you had the Rams game, which was your biggest oh, margin of great. victory. 
So it's like you, you finally had to wait till the very end of the season to see something resemble that. But yeah, I don't understand that from McCarthy at all. And somebody was, t- somebody was talking on ESPN earlier this week, and they said that McCarthy did a similar thing. I can't remember who the offensive coordinator was that they had parted with in Green Bay at the time, but I think it was his last two seasons in Green Bay where they parted ways with the offensive coordinator, and then McCarthy took the reins, and the offense just did not produce the way that it was supposed to those final two years. And then McCarthy was subsequently let go. So who knows what's going to take place in that new system for Dallas, but that's an interesting way to phrase it. Your, your team is number one in scoring offensive points in the second half in the league. And you have a problem with that. <laughs> whatever. I, I, I just, Hey, teach his own man. I one man's it. trash is another man's treasure, right? Sure. Uh, at the end of the day, fitness says you have to score more points. doesn't matter what quarter you do it in. And I agree. But then I also disagree. You got to score more points. Yes. doesn't matter what quarter they're in. No, I think it does matter. Like if I had to score more points in a half, I'd rather us suck in the first half. Tremendous in the second half, because you don't win in the first half. You win the second half. You win at the end of the games. And I mean, obviously I'd like to score more on both sides, but a lot of the best teams in the NFL, like the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Bills, they don't go fourth in the first half to 28th in the second. They'll that's be in, too much of a deficit. That's that's, they'll a be deficit. roughly in the top 10 on both sides. And everything from that stance that you just showed, Dan, culminated in the Jacksonville playoff losses. The Chargers only were able to muster three points in the second half after scoring 27 in the first. What the hell? Which, again, 24th. <laughs> 28th. After being fourth, which like that stat in and of itself, like, and you talked about adjustments all year, how this Chargers team just felt like it lacked adjustments, especially on offense. Like that stat, I think just puts a bow on that because it's the same team that you're trotting out there. First half, second half. So what changes Honestly, well, like what changes other than what the defense is doing or what the opposing team is doing? Again, that's the that's the conversation I would have had as Tom Tusker Brand Staley with Joe Lombardi. As uncomfortable that would have been, explain to me how you go from fourth to twenty-eighth. It make it make sense. And there's no way you can, unless the fingers point back at you. Uh, Fitness says, I think Staley sticks to much of what works and doesn't make first half, doesn't make halftime adjustments. I think you can argue that for sure. And you saw some glimpses of that on defense where opposing offenses kind of seem to figure it out. I do think you talked about Derek Ansley earlier in the show. I think this is going to be where you'll see a Ronaldo Hill change to Derek Ansley benefiting this team. You already seen mic'd up with DA, like great dude. And the energy he brings is palpable. And I think he connects more with his defense. And I think the guys rally around him more. No slight to Ronaldo Hill. Guys loved him. But in terms of getting the most out of their players, I think you need energy. I think you have to adapt. And so I think you're going to see Derek Ansley kind of in the ear of the players and Coach Staley more, to be honest. Uh, Joseph has a request for Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt, the player... I'm down for, and I've asked for it. Kareem Hunt off the field. I don't see this Chargers organization going it, going that direction. I just don't see it. And you're talking about regardless of the fact that he has, you know, been okay the last several years after that incident. That's what you're saying. Regardless of that, you don't see that that as a move that the Chargers will take. Correct. Yeah. I think the Chargers organization for the most part is like very high character. When's the last time you saw the Chargers go after a guy that has had that type of blemish on their record? Yeah. Like, they just don't. They just don't. Um, and Lee Shaw, I think I'm pronouncing that right, agrees with me. We'll never sign Hunt too much baggage. Uh, Jake, we're on the last few minutes here of the live show. Uh, we've gone through a ton of topics here. Uh, five minutes left, guys, gals. If you have any last-minute topics or questions we can go rapid fire here for the last five minutes jake i'll give you the floor first anything we missed anything we must discuss i'm shocked that we have gone basically 55 minutes and we have not said quentin johnston's name once 
on this live show. Thank you. Wow. You, well, you just did. So we're well, good. Yeah, there it is. So, <laughs> okay, <sure>. bye. <laughs> That'll wrap uh, it up. No, so, Quentin Johnston, Jake, how do you see Quentin Johnston impacting this team actually? You you try not to get too excited for a rookie wide receiver. <laughs> I saw that grin on your face. You try not to get too excited. And, you know, rookie wide receivers are, are kind of hit and miss. And you'll see one, maybe two out of a certain draft class that'll come out and perform. And sometimes it's not even the guys that you would expect to do it on the years that they're drafted. Quentin Johnston with Justin Herbert slinging him the ball and everything that we have seen thus far in OTAs and minicamp has got me very, very excited. It wants me to kind of harken back to the days when it was Keenan Allen, Tyrell Williams, and Mike Williams on this team where you go big on the outside. And Dan, just let's, let's not forget the numbers that Quentin Johnson was able to put up in the league with Max Duggan throwing him the ball at TCU. 60 receptions. 60. So however you want to extrapolate that as far as whether that's, a, if you want to look at that as a lack of production from him or the fact that Max Duggan wasn't throwing him the ball more. But even in that limited amount of stats or opportunities, still got 19 missed tackles and averaged 17.8 yards per, se- per reception. Can you imagine the type of volume and stats that he could put up, even as a wide receiver three, and the potential that he could for a rookie playing alongside Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and how many one-on-one opportunities he could possibly see? That's got me very excited. And and to think that you mentioned kind of the trio in the past with the trees, Tyrell Williams, Mike Williams, Vincent Jackson. He's much faster than those guys. Than all of them. So if you can add like that speed, or I, what was the trio you said? It wasn't Vincent Jackson. Sorry, it was Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Tyrell. Keenan Williams. Al- yes, the Williams brothers and Keenan Allen. Yeah. Quentin Johnston, I think, is faster than all of them. And I don't think it's close. Even Tyrell Williams. Uh, so, I test the things that I think you will see that Quentin Johnston will bring. I think you will see Quentin Johnston, and someone mentioned it here, uh, fitness is going to open it up for other players. And if not, he's going to be open, which is insane to me. I think you will see the total yards after the catch for the wide receiving core go up. I think he'll be the biggest yards after the catch guy on the team. Period. I think you're going to see a lot more of those under routes be threats to go the distance. I I vividly remember, I forget who they were playing, but there was the Mike Williams catch. I think it was against the Raiders week 18, two years ago. And again, he was gassed. But you saw him catch it in the middle of the field. Then He had one guy to beat to kind of break it to the end zone. Couldn't do it, ran out of bounds. If that's Quinn Johnson, that's a house call. That's the. I think you're going to see things that if we talked about this last year, Jake, like the Chargers need game changers, game breakers, guys that can go to the house at any time. And last year, they just didn't have that. Even the Austin Eckler 70 plus yard touchdown, like guys were at his heels. Like that was close. And that was the one time you saw it. Otherwise, they had to methodically go down the field. You look at teams like the Dolphins, the Eagles, the Bills, like they make house calls like it's nobody's business. The Chargers have guys to do that now, and Quentin Johnson's one of those. So I think you'll see that. Um, I'm excited for Quentin Johnson, man. I, I think I think he's a real deal. Uh, Lee Shaw, take 40 targets off of Eck and give him to Quentin Johnson, throwing to a different jet stream. Hey, that sounds like a good idea. Familiar? I like that. <laughs> I like that. Uh, let's see. I think I saw an over or under here for him. Quentin Johnson, as we get out of here. Quentin Johnson, at least 650 and five touchdowns. Over under at 4.5 for Quentin Johnson. Jake, what are you taking? I, I actually like this line. I think that that's a fair, I think that's a fair line for him. Um, and it's hard. We're talking about one football <laughs> that's out on every single play. So who is it going to go to? Gerald Everett, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Quentin Johnston. <laughs> I, I haven't even named the rest of the guys. Yep. So I like this line. I think it's fair. 
because that's like right in the wheelhouse. That's probably something that I would say. I wasn't going to go. I wasn't going to say over 700 yards, but five touchdowns seems definitely possible. So it's kind of a twofer for me. Mm-hmm. I think I think that he can get the five the the five touchdowns, maybe just not the yardage, and that's not from him not performing. That's just because the ball's going elsewhere. <laughs> there, there's there's one ball, there's right? One ball. Uh, Everett comes in here, throw a little shade. Another tall four or five guy. We'll see. Hey, look. Normally, this is, this I would is agree. not the same archetype. Normally, I would agree with a situation like this. You know, like I was saying before, you try to not hype yourself up by with rookie wide receivers, especially because it's normally takes a little bit more time for them to hit the ground running. I just think in Kellen Moore's system, with the talent that is already established on this offense, this isn't like Quentin Johnson is coming in and he is automatically wide receiver one for this team. And you're expecting everything to go through him. I think the one-on-one opportunities for Quentin Johnston, as he showed in college, that's where he could take advantage of a number of different players. You add in the size and the speed element and with the guys that he is playing around and in this offensive system, I think there is potential. But I get it. I get it. You don't want to get your hopes up too early for that. But still, there's a lot of reasons right now in July to be optimistic about it. And also, let's just go worst case scenario. That he is another tall four or five guy. We'll see. Oh, damn. We have another guy who's like Mike Williams, who's a top five wide receiver against man coverage. Oh, shucks. Like people say that like it's a bad thing. When Mike Williams and Keenan are both possibly on the last year with this team. If you could replace a Mike Williams with a Mike Williams, which he's not the same player, but I'm just saying, if he was. Why is that a bad thing? I, I, like, I don't. If you could add a Mike Williams plus Yak, yes, please. I'm sorry, that just seems crazy to me that people look at that as a negative. But who am I? I don't know. Uh, you got folks in here asking about Herbert signing before training camp. Just, I don't know. That's a. I mean, look, we got ten days to go before training camp. This was around the same type of scenario that Keenan Allen and Joey Bosa signed their extension was right around this time. And as we know, Tom Telesco is very hush-hush behind closed doors when it comes to discussing contracts with the media. He will not say anything. Same with Brandon Staley. They will just give you the one-word answers to say, hey, things are progressing, it's ongoing, and that's the end of it. Next question. Ongoing. Progressing. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> we're probably not going to hear about this. We're going to wake up on a... Wednesday morning, and all of a sudden, breaking news, Justin Herbert has signed whatever contract for how many years and how many dollar signs behind it, and that'll be Je- the end of it. Justin Herbert will walk into training camp wearing like a Max Duggan jersey so he can avoid the cameras. He'll have a smirk on his face, right? and then you'll hear 10 minutes later that he just signed his mega contract. Yeah. The Chargers are, are so good at keeping the doors locked in terms of contracts goes that you don't even get to see like the Adam Scheffler, Schefter, um, you know, uh, type of stories where it's like, hey, you know, negotiations are progressing that Justin Herbert is going to sign this. Like, literally, the deal will drop. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I agree. Uh, Jake, I think that's going to do it. We had a ton of questions in here. Um, I'm excited to kind of go back and listen to this after the fact as I do kind of the the notes because the number of topics we went to, went through is, I think this might be a record. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, shout out to the Bolt fam in the comments, giving us topics, questions. This is how much we need football back then. Okay, Every, everybody's sick of it. Everybody's ready for. I, I would assume that everybody, as far as Charger fans goes, and the hype for for training camp. Hell, I'm excited for preseason. I don't even give a damn that these games don't matter. I'm just happy to have football back. <laughs> give me a break. Give me, give me back to football, baby. Yes, uh, I agree. I'm ready. Uh, let's end it on this one, Jake. Dude, Brad says, dude, how good is Vato going to be this year across from Mr. INT? Now, regardless of Mr. INT becomes Mr. INT, that's two separate conversations. Holy yes. cow, I cannot believe he's actually going to be back. In theory, he should be back before the start of the season. That's insane. No one expected that. Mike Davis and Asante Samuel Jr. Both were tremendous last year. If you can add JC Jackson, Mr. INT version of JC Jackson to that. Now you gotta get back to that. 
I don't know what's more exciting between Kellen Moore or the idea of that trio at cornerback, but they're not far off. <laughs> I like that. I like that response. They're not far off. Like that, that trio. Cause again, people give shit to Brandon Staley, but like, that's what he envisioned with his defense on the back end. And it just got taken out from under him with having that trio at DB. So yeah, excited for that. Uh, Jorge asks as we get out of here, Jake, when's the next live stream? Honestly, no idea. Hell. I mean, this has been such a great turnout for this show. And obviously, Dan and I always love interacting with everybody in the chat room and taking questions and topics from you guys. We got 10 days before training camp. I'm down to do another one before training camp kicks off. I know we kind of teased what to what we're all excited about with 10 days out. But hell, Dan, I'm ready to do another one. Yes, I am too. Uh, Joseph, shout out. Thanks for the feedback. Appreciate you guys. Uh, Lee Shaw asks, hopefully you all do a roundtable this year. State of the Union for the Chargers coming soon. Hmm. I emoji lightning bolt Avengers hmm. assemble. Interesting. Uh, I think we might need to do something like that, Jake. I'm not sure. Uh, guys, gals, thank you so much for tuning in to Chargers Unleashed. Honestly, live shows are the best. We love these. Uh, Jake, you got to end on this one. <laughs> well, Jorge was- comes in. I will say this. We sit here on July 16th, 10 days away from training camp. Saying it's July is a hell of a lot better than saying it was June or it was May. (laughs) So, yes, it's July, bro. I get it. But, God damn it, we need football back. Oh, man. All right. For Jake Hefter, Dan Wolkenstein, Charge and Leash, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. If you have not done so already, please do us a favor. Subscribe. Hit the like button. Comment galore. Share with your friends and family. We've got a lot of giveaways and special guest episodes here coming up in a bit. Uh, always appreciate you and your feedback and time chiming in. Uh, we'll talk to you next time on Chargers Unleashed.